episode 93, Richie Cranny. Welcome to the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, Yoda questions, yin yang, the alpha round, the finish. The alpha ultimatum. 2015 applications will start in December. Body, belief, and balance. Get to the podcast. Good morning, guys. We have a warrior one for you this morning. We have Richie Cranny. He's the founder, creator, and head coach of Wimp to Warrior, a brilliant TV series over in Australia. He's originally from London, grew up watching, training, and teaching people how to fight. He has held a third degree black belt in Promai for over 12 years, and he is one of the UK's pioneers of MMA in the UK. As I say, he's over in Australia. The Wimped Warrior series is basically the ultimate human experiment where it takes normal men, I was going to say normal blokes, more normal men and women, and then it turns them into MMA fighters. I think it goes on for about six months, so it's really full on. Um, he was recommended by Rachel Guy, who's another trainer on the show. Um, so this is going to be a really interesting episode today, all about how we can turn some of us, I'm not saying I'm a wimp, but how we can turn, help us become more of a warrior. And if it, if it ever happens, you know, might be able to defend ourselves a little bit better. So firstly, Richie, are you ready to awaken your alpha? I'm here and I'm ready, mate. Let's do it. Cheers. Well, thanks. Thanks for staying up for us. What, what time's it over there? Oh, no, it's not late. It's um, 8 p.m. 8 p.m. So, <laughs> so if you went... If you went to bed now, you'd be very disciplined. <laughs> you must have had a hard day. Could you tell us um, a little bit? We're going to jump straight in with the origin story because, um, or would you like to add anything to your bio first? Um, no, not really. I mean, um, I grew up in Hounslow, a uh, place made famous only by Bendit Like Beckham, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nothing really come out of uh, Hounslow. But um, I, I basically started school and, you know, it was quite, I wouldn't say I was a quiet kid, but I started boxing because I was worried about getting picked on at my school there was boxing or football but they call it soccer over in Australia which drives me crazy but um, yeah and so I took up I was crap with football so I took up boxing and loved it and then um, when I left school um, well I left school prematurely I didn't even finish school I wasn't very very good at school unfortunately but um, when I left school I got into martial arts and then that was it I found my passion and my focus and and that was basically the, the start of what I see as my my career path. Yeah. From the I mean, I, I suppose it'd been interesting if, if you found martial arts, but while you're still at school, that would have been interesting because it sounds like that really made you disciplined and you found your path, but you, you didn't, you didn't discover it really till after school so much. No, I mean, I, I boxed um, yeah. at school and, and basically I was, you get taught when you're boxing, you get taught how to punch what I class as properly. And then back in the day, there was no mixed martial arts. You know, there was lots of, yeah. you know, kung fu and traditional karate, etc. And I went to see a few of them, but they just didn't do it for me. It, yeah. it just wasn't wasn't practical. It wasn't street self defense. And I was very much for I'm going to learn something. I want to be able to use it if I need to. Yeah. You know, so I, I searched for a long time, and then I found uh, the style that I started. Um, a friend of mine's brother was an instructor, and I went along for one class, and I was hooked. That was it, done. So um, I haven't looked back since, really. Quality. So how did how did the uh, the basically going to Australia get into the mix then? Well, I was um, I was teaching and I opened a club in London, um, in Thames Ditton actually, just out of London, outside London and Kingston, and they're really successful. I had seventy plus students, um, 
and it was great. I mean, we, I was living the life, to be honest. I, I was doing it full time at the end, and I was working sort of 20, 21 hours a week teaching, and that was keeping me. So mm-hmm. I lived in the gym and training. It was, it was a great life, but um, there was just something missing. And um, I split up with my girlfriend at the time, and then this, there was just, you know, you get on this path and things start going wrong, and it's like, well, you know, yeah. so my girlfriend, and then my dog died, and I was like, what, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> I just need to do something, you know? Yeah. So I just, I sold my school to one of my students, and um, I bought a round the world ticket, and I left, and that was it. And I went to America on my own, um, was in the States for a bit, went into Mexico, um, and then I was just burning too much money. So I come back to London and changed my route and went through Asia to get to Australia. And um, when I got to Australia, I just absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's just like, um, it's like a sunny London. <laughs> that makes sense. You know, yeah. um, the sense of humor of Australians is very similar to UK. Yeah. There's a banter between Aussies and the, and we, they still call me a pom. I've been here 12 years, but um, <laughs> the pops and, um, it's just felt like home from home, but beautiful scenery, amazing beaches, girls in bikinis. I was like, you know, well, I'm going to live here. This is it. No, it's so, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I stayed in Australia for a while and I went back and then I got back with my girlfriend and then we come out together and we ended up getting married in Australia. Um, and then we just decided we wanted to live here. So we, we went back to UK. We, we, um, I got back to training and I took my third Dan black belt then and, um, I turned pro. I, I had through my um, my training. There wasn't really martial arts what I do now. So I used to enter just different comps just to get some experience. I just yeah. wanted to compete, and I did some amateurs. And then um, a big promotion started in the UK called Ultimate Combat, and um, it was only like their fifth or sixth promotion, I think. And I was waiting to get on there, and um, there just wasn't many guys around to fight, so it was very hard to get a matchup. Yeah. And, um, eventually I got called and I said, you know, do you want to fight this guy? And he was this guy that I was, I'd, I'd normally walk around sort of early nineties, like 92, 93 kilos. And this guy, James Thompson, anyone knows him, the main knows him. He was 120, 25 kilos. And Whoa. You know, <laughs> I, just, I was dying to fight and I was leaving for Australia in a few months. So I took it and um, it was a bad move. But it was a great experience, you know, Yeah. Um, way too big and strong, but moved to Australia and um, we've, we haven't really looked back. Okay. We, out with, with pretty much we had just, we shipped some stuff out. We had no jobs lined up, no accommodation. We slipped our backpacks when we arrived here. Um, and we started our lives. And, uh, how, old, how old were you when you went traveling around the world? Um, 26. So I was a lot older than a lot of the people I met when yeah. I was traveling. I went traveling, I went traveling when I was 26. That's when I went traveling around the world for a year. Yeah. I got married then. So it's, it's very different getting, uh, going to travel. We did fully backpacker it though. Uh, but getting yeah. to traveling single to married is slightly different. So how long were you traveling around for? <laughs> so I traveled single. So if we want to break it down, I traveled <laughs> single for, um, just over a year. Oh, that and then awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was good with a couple of mates actually. And then I traveled with my wife um, for probably another 15 months on top of that. We traveled a long time. Yeah. Uh, we just didn't want to stop. I mean, no. Just, but, you it's know, you once, yeah, once it's really hard to get back into normal life after any kind of like a year away. It's really, really is a struggle when you get back. Or <laughs> the, the hardest thing for me was coming back to the UK, yeah. just coming back. And um, we, we were saving money because we wanted to go back to Australia. So 
we moved in with with my wife's mum, so my mother-in-law, and she's great. But yeah. I've gone from living in Australia and training and doing all the things and living by the beach to being back near Heathrow Airport in the cold oh. and the wet. Yeah, and it was just it, I found I struggled a lot. Yeah. Like we just focused, you know. I got back into training. I went back to my old club. It's really hard to get to settle back in. I've heard a lot of people talk about that, and uh, but I suppose. But then when you do, when you do find a place like Australia, you can you can settle quite confidently because you've checked out a lot of the world, and you kind of feel quite yeah. content that you know I've checked places out. This this is it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely. I mean, we we really felt something connected with me. Yeah, absolutely. And I just knew that this is where I wanted to be, and I just I was hoping that my wife felt the same, and she obviously did. Result. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly, and then we've you know we've started a life here. We've got three Aussie kids, you know they're they're, they're Australian. They're, Is that they're weird? That, yeah, that they basically, you know. Yeah, I'm not doing a good Aussie accent, but they're basically saying, "Hey, Dad," like in an Australian accent. Is that quite weird? Yeah, I mean, my boy's actually yeah, but he has got definitely an Australian twang. There's yeah. things he says, my like, God, oh my God, come on! I really want to try and keep my accent as much as I can. Yeah, because it helps as well. It helps. Yeah, you know, in business and everything, you just it sets yourself sit yourself aside a little bit and you you know you you're that little bit different and people respect that the fact that you've moved over to a different country to set up a life and although there's millions of us over here everywhere yeah. you go you bump into english people it's ridiculous cool yeah so along this journey and um, this is our yoda question who helped you sort of find your feet awaken your alpha is like it could have either been in england when you maybe got into martial arts or it could again then when you came to australia i think obviously my my original coach in the uk um a guy called Lee Aylett, amazing, amazing martial artist. Yeah. And I still talk to him a lot and we still talk about training and we Skype. Um, he's always been a big mentor of mine. Um, and then when I moved to Australia, I had, um, I injured my back when I got to Australia. Uh, yeah. We were over here um, around six months, maybe a year, and I blew three discs out of my back. And basically I was out of work for two years and I was told by surgeons that I could never do any more training again. I couldn't lift weights. I couldn't do martial arts again. Yeah. Um, it was a very, very dark time for me. I, I became depressed and I was seeing a counselor and, and my wife was an absolute rock. You know, yeah. she, 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 we were waiting to start a family and now I lost my job. And so she, she was working full time. She was coming home to me on the couch. I couldn't, couldn't walk. I mean, I'd walk five minutes up the road and my back would go into spasm. I couldn't sit for more than three or four minutes. So all these things were going in my head. Yeah, it's just hell. I can never fly home. I can never see my family because I couldn't sit on a plane. I can't do martial arts anymore. So it was, it was tough. But um, there was a really like good a counselor. Prison. Blimey. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, but I had a good counsellor. And then I found the, um, I went to see surgeons and they were like, no, nah, there's nothing. Because it was on three levels. Yeah. my back you blow one disc or two sometimes they fuse them or they can put bars in but because mine was on three levels they, they wouldn't touch me so they said if if we operate you'll end up in a wheelchair so it was very hard for me to take because I'd, i've always been the alpha male you know i've always yeah. been the guy that if my mates are in trouble they call me up or i've always been i've always liked being the guy that can protect people or yeah protect my wife and the thought of not being able to do that anymore was very hard. Um, <clears throat> so, but then I, I found um, a strength coach um, and who was also a physiotherapist and I went to see him and, you know, like I said, I was in a very dark place and <clears throat> I basically went down and told him, you know, I need help. 
And he said, forget what the surgeons have told you. We're getting in the gym and we're going to get you back. And he spent a lot of time with me. I mean, it was embarrassing. I mean, I was in the, in the weights room with all these massive guys yeah. in a place called Fresh In. I'm, I'm holding two kilo dumbbells. Yeah. You know, and, but I had to start slow. And I did yeah. a lot of court work. And um, I got back. I mean, I was, my wife said to me, you know, you can never train again. You can never do wrestling and jits. And, and I was like, okay. So I, um, I basically ruled it out. I told myself I couldn't coach anymore. I couldn't do martial arts. So yeah. I went back to school and I did my personal training certificate because I wanted to still be in the fitness industry. And I thought, yeah. oh, it's better than nothing. You know, I, can't, I could never work in an office. It's not yeah. me. I can't have someone telling me what to do. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So I'll be self-employed trainer, and um, so I got a job in this in a in a gym in Sydney after I qualified, and I became the personal training manager. And then some of the guys kind of knew my background and were asking me, "Oh, can you show me this? Can you teach yeah. me a little bit?" And I was like, "Okay." So I started <laughs> off putting him in a position, yeah. and then I can't get down because my butt, yeah. and my wife would kill me. So. Anyway, I'd show him a little bit. And then it was like, no, don't do that. So I'd get him on the floor and I'd show him a little bit. Yeah. And it stopped like that, basically. And this went on for <laughs> a couple of months. And my wife would notice bruises on me. She'd go, where'd you get that bruise? And I'd be like, oh, I'll or something like that. I couldn't tell her because I know she'd blow yeah. up. Quite rightly. Yeah. She'd yeah. yeah, what she'd been put through as well. And she yeah, knows, yeah, exactly. she know, I know exactly where you're coming from with this, yeah. And I just, I was very careful when I basically tested myself and... Um, I pretty much got back and within probably three or four months, I had a fight club on a Saturday, <laughs> this gym. I had like 12 guys and uh, we just used to train. And my wife thought I was personal training, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, in the end she busted me. She came down to the club and she saw me training and oh, the shit hit me. And, and I just had to sit down and explain that this is me. I can't yeah. not, do it, you know. And um, she was supportive, you know. It took her a while for her to calm down. I think the fact that, you know, I'd been lying to her. Yeah, so going back to the Yoda question, I think, you know, my original martial arts coach that got me into where I am now, um, the physiotherapist that helped me back and my wife from from start to finish this journey. And she's yeah. still supporting me, yeah. even with my business to Winter Warrior now. Yeah, I think that's important though for the, from the strength and conditioning, because that's, that's my background as well, is, you know, no matter how, what level you're at, if there's a glimmer of hope and you can do something, whether it's one kilogram dumbbells yeah. or nothing, if you can start somewhere, then you can start to progress. Obviously, I'm, there's obviously levels where you're completely out of the game, but if there's, if there's something there, you just work with what you've got and just progress and stick with it. But yeah, it's, it's really tough when you're in that position. I know, yes, yeah, it's absolutely horrible. Yeah, just all I could do was swim. I just had to oh, swim every day because I had to exercise. I'm not a bit massive fan of swimming, and I had the same thing for like two years. I was in the pool like every day, and I, it really took the shine off swimming even more. I was just a professional rehabber. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> just that black line. Looking at the frigging black line over oh, and over. Oh man! But, yeah. um, you know, so you obviously had it. You what do you do? I, I screwed my knee royally. So. Oh really? Yeah, but I had back problems when I was younger, but nothing like that. And But I remember when I was about 14 or so, my back took me out for about a year, so I had a little taster. And it's just something like the back. There's no getting away from it. Whereas, you know, the Everything. knee is obviously it's a limb. The rest of you is okay. Whereas the back is just like any movements. It's just, yeah, it's, it's like a prison, yeah. I used to dread sneezing. I'd oh. have a different sneeze. My wife always knew when my back was bad because I'd sneeze different. And I'd, try, I'd always try and mask it for my wife. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, like my back is so much better. I can, there's things I don't do. I don't do takedowns. I don't lift people up and throw yeah. them around. But I can do basic wrestling still. I can grapple. I can strike. Yeah, yeah and that's the thing. Coming, I mean, you can use your experience and your skills to compensate a little bit. Where and just you have the knowledge of how bad it is if you're completely out of the game, and uh, you've got that sort of inbuilt safety net. As in, hopefully you won't take it too far. Because uh, yeah, I know. Uh, just work within your limits because, yeah, if you, if you push it too far, it's, it's, it's not. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, the, that's the key for um, pain management is yeah. getting that even kill. I mean, that took me a long time to master. Yeah. And I got a book on it and I read the book and stuff. And, and it talks about, you know, your back feels better. So you, you think this is great. And you get back and you do too much. And then. Yeah. You yeah. And you can do that for a while, can't you? Just back yeah. and forth and that level. Yeah. And you, too, you have to find, everyone's different. Everyone's different, but you've got to find your level. And once you find that, you can manage it. But until you do, you know, you're in trouble. When it comes to the Wimp to Warrior, so we got, this is still, it's, it, this sounds like the success story right there, but you're, you, you know, you're a personal trainer, you've got your fight club. So yeah. Wimp to Warrior, I mean, this is a six month, taking people for six months into an M&A like, training camp. It's a full on yeah. commitment, full on TV show. Um, it looks absolutely awesome. Where did this come about? Well, I left, so the, I was at the gym, I was personal training, and I wanted, I got the fight club going on Saturday, but I wanted more. I wanted my own gym. See, when I moved to Australia, MMA was, was kind of, in the UK, mixed martial arts was always about five years behind the US yeah. when I lived there. When I moved to Australia, Australia was five years behind the UK. It was, uh, it was bad. It was bad in <laughs> yeah. many states. You can't find a cage and, it was it was very frowned upon, and you know it's you know human cockfighting and all this kind of stuff in the press. So I was trying to get different kind of demographic into the sport. So my idea was to open a white collar MMA gym. So yeah. really nice gym, towel service, showers, everything that a businessman would need, so he could go to work, but allow him this kind of training. So I opened this gym, and it went really well, and it was going well, and um, we were we were recognized as the best mixed martial arts gym in Australia at the time. Um, But the guy that I went into business with was just, wasn't the right guy. You know, it's just, he wasn't a good guy. He was stitching people up and, and in the end, I just, I walked away from the business. You know, know, I walked away after two years and, you know, I remember Rachel saying to you, you know, um, things that she's done wrong and she's done some major ups, but they're the ones you (laughs) learn. If you don't have those, you're never going to improve. Yeah. Um, and that was one of mine. You know, I've really learned that it's very important. No matter what you do, you have to have the right people around you. Um, and he wasn't the right person. So I wanted to, a new project. And I wanted something that was going to test me as a coach. I just come up with this idea that I'd put on Facebook. I wanted to prove that anyone can do our sport. Mixed martial arts is for everyone. Yeah. So I thought, I put it on Facebook. I'll train someone for six months. One person for nothing. I won't charge them. Um, and I'll document it and they have to agree that they will fight at the end of that six months and I will take them and I'll <laughs> and they step in the cage and they fight. I got back to the gym and Rachel was there, Rachel Guy, and crazy idea. And I told her and I said, in the name just popped straight in my head. I said, I'm going to call it Wimp to Warrior. And she was like, that's amazing. And she said, I'll share it. And she shared on, she's got like 10 times more people that follow than me. <laughs> Look at people, you see why people follow her. But within, I think within a week, we had I had like 400 people like message me. Wow. I want to do it. I want to do it. It was going nuts. So I'm not going to do one part. I'm going to do 20 people. 
and then I'm going to video the whole thing and do it as a web series. So, and it kind of just... I love it, it just grows. I love it. Just yeah, so we, did a, we did a tryout. We, out of the 400 and same people that applied, invited 50 people down to try out. Um, and out of that 50, I took on 20. Yeah. And I trained them for six months. And then we did a web series. I got a company in to film as a web series. Um, and they fought the end. And I had four girls in that first group, um, three of which lasted to the end. Um, and I ended up with 15 out of the 20. Like you get injured, you yeah. get yeah, yeah definitely. But we did a fight night at a local place, like 550 people was a max, and we sold it out in less than an hour because wow. <laughs> everyone that knows someone that was on that show yeah. wants to see the fight. The most people that are on the show are, are timid, they've got a lot of people with background of anxiety and depression, and we didn't really count on that when I did this. I just thought it'd be average Joes who want to yeah. fight, but it's attracting these kind of people that have got that strong backgrounds in, in these kind of, um, you know, all sorts of like, um, there was people that had lost family members, you know, yeah. um, people that had, had lost their jobs and their families broken up and all sorts of things. And they just saw this as a, a new start. We're seeing these people change from timid to these alphas, pretty yeah. much. Everyone that show was a complete 100% alpha. And they got in that case and they went for it. It was insane. <laughs> and um, we got a huge amount of publicity on it. The, 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 um, it went viral online. Like famous fighters getting behind us, sending a message, this is great, it's great for the sport, do it again. And I was like, I'm going to do it again. Yeah. So I, I posted it again and we just finished the last series. Is it still sort of 100% your baby or did, you, did a TV company come in and sort of buy it or take this money? I mean, I've got investors now because what? I had to. I mean, it, yeah. it's expensive, you know. Are you on Series 3 now or is that just starting off? Yeah, so we finished 2. We're about to start Series 3. But Series 2 was just off the chart. We had, so we went from three girls that finished. We had nine in the last series. Yeah. Um, and the fights, we sold out, sold the place <laughs> out in front of 2,000 people. And it was just insane. It was absolutely oh insane. So, more momentum. So this time we put the registrations out. We had just under a thousand people apply for this last one. So I got some more investment into the business, sold some shares in it. And and this is this is the best bit. Everyone that owns shares in this business has been through the program. Oh, I think to say has to fight. I said, yeah. uh, everyone, all, all my shareholders now were in the previous series. Everyone that was on it, it's like, I want to be involved with this. Yeah. How, how can I help you do this? Oh, that's just awesome. So we're just about to open a new academy in Sydney. We start filming the new series in, in January. Um, the last series we wrapped up in June. Um, we're hoping to sign a TV deal in the next week. You just it's, it's exciting to imagine where it's going to be in a couple of years' time. Well, it's exciting yeah. where it is now, but oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean... I mean, it's going to break borders of Australia for sure. I mean, we've got, yeah. there's a guy called Jens Polvar. And he's, um, he's retired a few years back now, but he's like a legend in the sport. He yeah. was a three-time UFC lightweight champion and beat BJ Penn. And everyone, if you go in America, you walk around with him, people stop him and yeah. ask for his autograph. He found out about Wim Tour in the last series. And I brought him out as a guest coach. And he was like, this is the best thing ever. I want to be part of it. So he's moving to Sydney in January. <laughs> To be one of my full-time coaches. Oh my and god! He's a three-time world champion. You know, there's a guy called Billy Dib who's um, an Australian boxer, and he's a, he's a world champion boxer. He yeah. wants to be the striking coach for me. Oh my Every, god! We can now sell the next series to uh, to America. Yeah. I mean, no, no one wants to see me as a coach. <laughs> but, 
They'd like to look at Rach as a coach, obviously, but me, my ugly mug. No, you're going to be the Dana White then. There you go. Well, that's what apparently that's what they reckon. But on the mats is where I'd like to be, you know. Jeez, this is exciting. Yeah. So it's exciting. It's the transformations. You know, yeah. I mean your podcast all about the alphas, you know. We create alphas. Warrior and alpha is the same thing. And um, I believe everyone, every single person is born with warrior in them or alpha in them. Yeah. And it gets suppressed, you know. I mean, society these days suppresses it. You're supposed to conform, go and work in an office, get told what to do, go home at five o'clock, punch out. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's shit. So people in the last series have changed their, their jobs. People have left what they were doing and started their own businesses. I've got five or six from that are starting a coaching course with me. They want to become MMA coaches now. They're going to help me on the next series. What I like as well is you, you get your hands on them for six months as well. You know, it's not like a yeah. quick fix. That's, that's a serious, you can do so much yeah. in that time. That is exactly. absolutely awesome. Yeah. So you see them walk differently. Yeah. You see them talk differently. They tell me how much they're doing better at business. And yeah, it's, it's nuts. All areas of life. Definitely. Completely. That's Understood. brilliant. Completely believe that. So we're pretty much to the alpha round now. I mean, we're going to jump straight to that. I want to, well, I want to start off with a book recommendation. You mentioned one before. You'd, I don't know if that's going to be your book recommendation, but is there any that spring to mind? I can read a book. I read 50 pages. I go back next day. I have to go back 10 because I've forgotten it. So I'm all about doing, but I mean, I've read, if you're into MMA, if anyone's listening to this and love MMA, there's some great books. Um, Tito Ortiz book's very good. Randy Couture. These are ex-world champions. Yeah. What do you, um, any of them book titles? Because again, I, I'm not aware of these books. So I'll just... There's one called um, by Forrest Griffin and it's called um, Got Fight. It's very, very funny. It's, he talks a lot about training and stuff, but he's yeah. a really funny guy. And he talks about different situations and, and the things that fighters get up to. And that's a, that's a good read. That's a perfect recommendation. When it comes to Wimp to Warrior, so taking yeah. <laughs> potentially guys who are not warriors or are looking to improve, like anyone's always looking to improve, what are some key tips or, I suppose, areas that you find people improve the most or areas or mistakes people are making when they come into your program? What are some key tips and advice to become more of a warrior in, in, in the exact sense we're talking about here, Wimp to Warrior? I think from a coaching point of view, the most important thing generally is just listening really listening to everyone and, and understanding them. If you don't, they're not going to grow. You, people, you, people need to know that you're invested in them. That's the only way really to get the best out of people. I'm not even sure that was your question. I don't <laughs> I've got, well, I'll, I'll tailor it slightly. <laughs> if, for example, you, you had yeah. this group and I know, so you went to Warrior, but they come in and someone just said, well, this is not good. I know it's not the right way, but they've got a fight in one week. What would be some of the key priorities? You're like, oh, crap. I know this ain't good, but I want to equip them. What were some of the key things for someone who's basically got in a situation similar to this or some of the key things they should be aware of? I suppose some of the key mistakes, like someone coming in who's not got a background in MMA. Body armour would be the first thing I'd say. <laughs> because I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I think you have to fight in these, and it's a cliche, but it's 100% true. Yeah. Fighting is 80% mental, 20% physical. Yeah. You can have someone that completely owns everyone on the mat at training and will step in to compete and will fall to pieces. And the guy that he's fighting could be the guy that gets completely tooled every time and he can beat him in a competition because he's mentally stronger. And often you'll find the person that gets tooled and beaten and, and knocked down and knocked out and choked out in training, they become much stronger mentally. Going back to your question the best thing you can equip someone and you can do it in a, in a week, but you try and give them some, some mental 
structure and, and some strength and, and try and help them analyze what they're about to go through. Sit yeah. them down and, and try and equip them with walking into a cage in a week's time because you couldn't, you couldn't give them the skills to do in a week. No. But you could help them mentally prepare and hope that that would see them through the first minute or two, maybe. Whether it's related to fighting or MMA, is there any kind of uh, productivity tool that you use? Social media is massive for women to wear. I mean, yeah. That's how we started. It was a Facebook post. I'm, I'm not very good at social media. I, was, I didn't know what Twitter was really until I started went to I didn't have a Twitter account. My Facebook was just for my friends, but now I've got... I've got like five pages, you know, I've got my academy, I've got Winter Warrior, I've got uh, my personal, etc. So <clears throat> that's been a massive tool for us. But on a personal level, notes yeah. on, my, on my phone. I have notes. I go to it. I have all my goals. I set all my goals um, and I make notes on training. When I'm training people, I make um, voice notes and I write them down. My phone is probably my biggest tool. I video the training I make notes and in my personal notes as well, my goal setting for the business and, and my, my personal life. Who do you think I should interview next or very soon? Have you got any, a couple of recommendations for us? I would love, 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 love you to interview Jens Pulver. Right? Oh. This is the three-time world champion UFC. There's um, a documentary called Driven. It's about his life story. It's like the last couple of years have been leading up to his retirement and it talks about where he's been now he's a real alpha he doesn't know it that he is yeah, an alpha it's the best way yeah yeah he will tell you all day long that he's he's not but he is you and if you watch his documentary i promise you you're you'll want him on your podcast because he's got amazing stories involved with to warrior so can you potentially yeah. give me a contact or hook me up a little bit he would love cool. to talk to you well one of my final questions then is, um, what was the one question you thought I was going to ask or you hoped I was going to ask and I kind of missed a trick? Is there anything else that pops to mind? No, I mean, there's a couple of things I like to mention. Yep, yep. <laughs> Same sort of thing. You go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I also write for Men's Fitness Magazine in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do online as well. And the reason I, I'm, I'm saying that because, as I mentioned before, I'm really all about trying to get the sport of MMA mainstream. That's what Winter Warrior is about. Yeah. It's going to subtly introduce people to mixed martial arts without them knowing it. They're going to watch these people's stories and ah, they're fine in a cage at the end. The reason I've been trying hard to get into men's fitness and I'm in there now is because I've got such a broad spectrum in terms of their demographic and their readership. I, I write for them a fair bit and I'm trying to get some more content in there. But yeah, that's the only thing I was hoping you'd ask me about. So <laughs> I've got it in there. We've got it coming up. Brilliant. Brilliant. So- Link to Men's Fitness Australia. What's the other way people can get in, best way people can get in contact with you if they want to find out more in addition? Um, my Facebook is the easiest. Uh, I've got two Facebook pages, just Richie Cranny. There's, I've got my personal one. I've got the business one. Uh, my blog, uh, richiecranny.com is on there. That's probably the easiest one. Twitter, everything's Richie Cranny. It's very simple. I don't complicate things. If people are looking for Wimp to Warrior, it's Wimp with a two and Warrior. Wimp to Warrior. Exactly. Dot com, yeah. So dot com or dot au. Um, we are hoping to bring it to the UK. Um, Jen's coming over. We're hoping to get introduced to the US. Uh, we've got people we're talking to in New Zealand at the moment. Um, and we've got someone that's selling the format rights globally to this. So wow. hopefully, yeah, I mean, I want to come over to the UK. I want to help set it up in the UK. I want my Lee Aylick, my old coach, I want him involved. So it's got Home turf. Yeah. positive thing to, for people to get involved with. It's, um, it's great. 
Absolutely brilliant. Well, if there's any way I can help it out, just you don't hesitate. Don't be a stranger. That sounds brilliant. I'd love to help out. Well into your evening now, so I'll let you go. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for the time today. Thank you. That was really good. It's good to talk. Cheers. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. And just a quick little message from me. This one's specifically going out to the gentleman just like myself who are pursuing the alpha. You want to listen and look out for the alpha ultimatum that's coming 2015. Applications will start in December and then we will jump on a call, talk through it, and then we decide if this is the right fit for you and then if you're actually ready. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless.